Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to introduce you to Angela Fuller, a proud Colorado mom, competitive gymnast, fitness instructor, American Ninja Warrior season 15 competitor, and inspirational speaker. A fit cheerleader in childhood and college, Angela got into a terrible car accident right after graduation and spent many years overcoming the physical and mental challenges caused by it. Angela's story is not only overcoming her hardship, but truly going beyond that to find a new level of success and happiness in her life. She can teach us so many lessons about the power of initiating change and seeking happiness. Angela, I don't even know where to begin. I love (laughs) your story, and I am so excited that you're here today to talk to us about it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, like I said, it's great to have you. I want to jump right in. I think I gave a few nuggets of information about what your story is, but can you spend a few minutes telling the listeners a little bit about you and how you became to, I guess, hit these obstacles and then, you know, showed a lot of growth towards being the person that you really want to be? Yep. So yes, thank you. You definitely gave a great summary of my story, but I'll give you a little more details. So yes, I grew up in Littleton, Colorado. So I'm a Colorado native and I was a gymnast and then I was a cheerleader. So I cheered in high school and then in college. So very active. And then right out of college, I was in a really bad car accident and my active life was over. I broke my back. I gained 50 pounds. And so I, I hit rock bottom. It was really hard, but lucky for me, I met my amazing husband and we got married and had two little boys. Well, during my second pregnancy, the weight of carrying the second child, it herniated two more discs. And so it actually put me to where I couldn't even walk at one point and I was crawling. So I was actually put on disability at about 20 weeks pregnant. Um, I had shooting pain going down my legs. And at the time, we didn't know what was wrong because you can't do an MRI when you're pregnant. So I just got excited to have my baby and see what was going on. So I gave birth to that sweet little guy, but he was actually early. So he was in the NICU on oxygen. Um, And then I went in for an MRI because the pain didn't go away after I gave birth. And that was devastating. So they said, you have so much damage that we really recommend fusing your spine. We recommend surgery Um, because I was basically on the brink of blowing my discs. I hit rock bottom again (laughs) and actually developed pretty bad postpartum depression. Well, lucky for me again, um, I, a friend recommended Zumba. So I went to the Zumba class and I started dancing, even though I couldn't move very much and I was overweight, um, it still brought my sparkle back. And I was so excited to kind of move a little bit. Well, this is, (laughs) I know I'm like, try not to get emotional about it, but the, the wake up call (laughs) 
was my best friend called me and told me she was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and it completely rocked my world. So I went from feeling really sorry for myself to being like, oh my goodness, like obviously this is a way bigger diagnosis. And, but it was kind of the like, I don't want to say slap in the face, but it kind of was of like, tomorrow is not promised, Angela. You know what? You're not going to listen to that doctor. You're not going to take that diagnosis as a life sentence. So I decided to fight for it. So I hired a nutritionist and I cleaned up my eating and I did PT. I did HIIT workouts. I built up all the muscles around my back and core and I lost the 50 pounds, shed off um, and my back pain went away. I got all the inflammation out of my body and I felt awesome. So I decided to start teaching group fitness. So I started teaching that, um, especially Zumba. So I was so excited to dance. And then it kind of led to, if I can do this, what else can I do? And so I decided, what have you dreamt about for the last 28 years was flipping and flying again, because I was a gymnast. So I signed up for an adult gymnastics class and I went back and they were like, you know, you can compete. And I was like, are you kidding me? So a couple years ago, I um, signed up for the NAIGC and I started competing as a gymnast again. And this year actually went to my first national gymnastics competition. So on the side of this, I also was doing Ninja Warrior training. Um, but I don't know if a lot of people know this. It's very hard to get on that show. <laughs> so 70,000 people apply, which I was like, are you kidding me? So I applied. Um, this was my fourth year applying. So I've been doing ninja training on the side. And question, was that because a lot of gymnasts, that's a direction that they go or because you were watching the show and your boys were like, that's cool, mom. And you're like, ah, oh, let me look into it. Like, where did that come from? Okay. So this is actually another fun story. So back up a little bit, six years ago, seven years ago, my friend called me and she was watching American Ninja Warrior and I've always watched it. She goes, Angela, I had a dream that you were on American Ninja Warrior. And I laughed at her on the phone because I'm 50 pounds overweight. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. Well, it kind of like put the bug in my ear of like, I wonder if I could do that. And then at first I thought, well, that would have been cool if they had that around when I was a kid, right? Because it's too late. Honestly, I thought it was too late. So I started watching the show more. Well, then I saw Sandy Zimmerman. She was 42, hit the buzzer. And I was like, oh, wait a second. I could do this. So um, yeah, so that was kind of why I went into it. But honestly, when I took my son there to play four years ago, I just loved it so much. I was instantly hooked. And so I honestly took my son to live out my dream through him, like most moms do, right? <laughs> I'll just, you know, totally. watch you. Yeah. <laughs> and the coach was like, you can play. And so that's how it all kind of started. Um, but I will say every year I didn't get the call. I was, it was devastating. And I'm like, I guess this isn't going to happen. Out of curiosity, what's the process in that? Do you go and do like an audition or a tryout or do you send in a video? So you actually send in a video, it's three minutes, um, and it shows your story and your athletics. And then you fill out a really, really long application. And typically, most years, they pick five or 600 people. Well, like the year I got selected this year, they only selected 200. So when I found that out this year, I was like, oh my goodness, I don't think it's going to happen. And it's funny because this last year, I actually considered not applying again. And my son said, mom you can't be a hypocrite. You tell everybody to never give up. 
And I was like, all right, fourth and final, I'm doing it. <laughs> and wow. And that, yeah. that was the year. So let, let's take a few steps back because I want to talk about, all right, 50, losing 50 pounds, that is not a small feat. And I know you said you got, you had the inspiration, you had a firelit underneath you. And so you went to the nutritionist, you got the tools and resources that you needed. Yeah. That's great. In the day to day, like sometimes we wake up and we're like, all right, I'm going to start tomorrow or I don't feel like doing this today. What can you recommend to people? Like, how did you keep that motivation going? Yeah, that I get asked that a lot. I would say for me, a lot is my best friend because every single day you wake up alive and healthy is a gift. And so it's, you know, I train at night a lot, actually, for gymnastics and for cheerleading when my kids are going to bed, right? Um, not cheerleading, for gymnastics and ninja. And ninja, right, right. <laughs> um, and so when I, it's hard, I'm tired. And I'm always like, there are so many people in this world that would give anything to be doing this right now. I would have given anything to be doing this. Because what people don't realize is for 14 years, I wasn't active. It's not like I wasn't active for a few years. I was overweight and struggled for 14 years. And so I always say this, when you get up in the morning, I always start with my gratitude. So every morning I thank God for everything that he's done for me um, and remind myself of what a gift it was that I opened my eyes and then I get another day. And, you know, my friend and I talk a lot. And the thing is, is yes, she has stage four breast cancer, but we're all technically dying. And I know that sounds like a little harsh, but like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. You know, I mean, it's foolish to think that you're guaranteed tomorrow. It really is. And she had no family history when she was diagnosed. So at the time it was like completely shocking. She was in her thirties. Um, so yeah, it's one, of, I would say she's definitely my inspiration, but it, it is, it is just knowing that you're so focusing on your gratitude changes everything. I I mean, you speak my language because I do believe like, listen, on one hand, I will say when life is tough, I encourage people like it is okay to not be okay. And there are people we can lean on. There are professionals that we can lean on. There are all sorts of resources to help get us through whatever that struggle is that we're going through. On the same yeah. note, at some point you... I, I hope people want to put one foot in front of the other and be hopeful toward a direction that might bring them happiness or or success, whatever it is that they're looking for. And and that can be really hard. Yes. On the same note, I look at you right now and like you are, are, are glowing with, yeah. you seem very happy. You have accomplished all sorts of it's not so much the accolades, I think, because clearly you got a lot of accolades from doing what you've been doing in the last few years. But my guess is it feels really good. Yeah. I've actually never felt better. Um, I was just telling my husband, I'm like, I feel awesome. And I think I want everyone to feel awesome. <laughs> That's why I'm here today. I don't want anybody to waste any more time on not feeling good. And I would say some tips that I've used is forming a routine holding yourself accountable. You know, every morning I wake up and I have the same routine of drinking, you know, a water bottle, going and getting my protein shake, taking all my supplements, eating my eggs, 
So in always making myself do that, um, a lot of my students, I have them sign up for my classes for a whole month. They are committed to coming to every class. And when they don't want to get, you know, they don't want to go, just show up. And maybe that day it's not going to be the best class you've ever been to, but you're still beating the person on the couch, you know, and you never leave a workout regretting it. You never leave and go, gosh, I shouldn't have worked out today. <laughs> but you do sit on your couch going, I should have gone to class today. Why did I give up on myself? And so I know it's hard. And that's why I'm an instructor, because I want to help, especially women and moms. And I know it's easy to make an excuse with our kids, right? Oh, you know, Johnny's got a track meet today. I don't have time to go to the gym. He's number one. But what I've learned more than anything, if you talk to my boys, is they are so inspired by me and they see that I'm important. And that's the thing. You were someone before you were a mom and that person still matters. So why are we stopping dreaming? And then we tell our kids to dream big, you know, take care of yourself. Well, it's one thing to tell them. It's another thing to show them. Like, this is how you take care of yourself. This is how you love yourself. This is showing up for yourself. And so I just think that those are such amazing gifts we can give our children. So living vicariously through them is not giving them that, that benefit of seeing their mother. I saw the coolest quote yesterday. It said, your do it because your kids deserve a mom to brag about. Oh, I can't, I'm like t totally tearing yeah. up right now. Not that it's, it's hard to make me tear up by any means, but I, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with being a mom. I don't know if I, I think a lot of moms or parents for that matter can vicariously live through their kids or they also just get so busy and they forget about the dream or, you know, maybe the dream we had as a kid doesn't really work anymore, but, you know, dreaming big is it we don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't, we have got this, we've got that. I mean, how do you dream big? I mean, that, that sounds like kind of such a big, wide open question there, but do you have any thoughts for people as they're listening to that and being like, that sounds great, but you were a competitive cheerleader your whole life. Yeah. So wanting to flip just came so natural to you. But, you know, I just am stuck in my ways and, and I don't even know what I'd want to do. Do you have any suggestions? Absolutely. And so like, I love asking moms, what's their dream? And they're like, huh? And they start telling me dreams they have for their kids. I'm like, no, you, what do you dream? What have you always wanted to do? What is there in the back of your head that's like, it just sets your soul on fire or what keeps you up at night, right? It's like thinking about something and dreaming big might be going back to your childhood sport and reliving it like me or going on American Adore. I know those are really big dreams, but maybe writing a book. You always wanted to be an artist. Um, there's a lot of other little dreams. And so I think what I want to tell people is take a step back. What brings you joy? What brings you happiness and what kind of makes you just like warm, like your soul is just like, oh my gosh, I would give anything to do what? So think about that. Think about what makes you just so, brings you joy. And, and I would say every single person has a dream. Everybody has, and it's funny because when we're little, we all talk about with our kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? What are your dreams? Why don't we ask adults that? You know, why do we stop? We want, we need to give permission to people that they can dream forever. It's never too late. And I think to your point, I don't know if people 
talk about, they really don't talk about it, whether they have it or not. And I would even, as I'm sitting here thinking like, I have a few ideas of things maybe I would want. Uh, For those that are listening right now and are just, you know, don't even have any ideas, I'd almost say just try something. Try something. And I mean, I've never really been into that, to to painting and and all of the hands-on crafts and arts. I've had a lot of fun doing it when uh, a friend had a craft day for our kids and I played around with it. So in that case, I tried something. Okay, maybe that's not my big dream, but I, you know, I know that might not be the route I would go. So going to an adult painting class or a writing seminar, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, well, that's okay too, because it's just a day. And hopefully some joy, maybe some reflection or inspiration. There's so many things out there people could do. I think before this call, and I know I mentioned this on another podcast episode, my aunt, who would probably not want me to tell you her age, but let's just say she's in her <laughs> her, her rising 70s. You know, she's um, she's not quite 80 yet, but she's in her late 70s. She was a model and a dancer when she was younger. She's so many artistic interests and she lives in Atlanta and she is on the senior citizen dance team for the Atlanta dream, the WNBA team. And there's a group of women. That's amazing. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) That like makes me so happy. (laughs) And she loves to dance. I'm sure they do too. And they, you know, this has been going on for years. I even read something recently. I, it was in USA Today, I think, or the New York Times about the Golden State Warriors have a cheerleading squad of senior citizens. And people come from all over California to try out for it because there's only probably like 22 people on the, on the team and they'll get close to 100 people coming to try out. So I see that as a beautiful thing that people are thinking – wow, this is something I love to do and I want to do it. And I got to believe that there are other activities out there. It doesn't have to be in the arts. It could be gardening if that's something that you have any interest in that you could start, you know, a small hobby and grow it into a bigger dream. I love the use of that. So that's what I always say, like, when your kids are talking about you, what do you want them to say about you? Do they want, my mom just works. And I think that you have to take a step back. Like even when I talk to moms and say, well, what do you do for fun? They start talking about their kids. I'm like, no, you. So I I love it. Find a hobby, start small. And if it grows into something bigger, that's amazing. The coolest thing. So I was on the news a year ago for my gymnastics meet that I competed in. And I don't know if you mentioned my age, but I'm 42. So the ironic thing is I'm the oldest competitive gymnast in Colorado. I'm also the oldest American enjoyer ever from Colorado. Sounds cool, right? But I'm only 42. (laughs) So this is not okay. Like, I was like, gosh, I'm only 42. Why aren't more people doing this? And gymnastics was so cool. After my story aired, all these people were signing up for adult gymnastics classes. They didn't even know it was a thing. The coolest thing is when people ask, oh, you used to be a gymnast. I'm like, oh no, I currently am a gymnast. And they get weird. And sometimes they walk away. They don't even know what to say. Like, what do you mean you're a gymnast? You're a mom. And it's like, oh no, you can be both. Really? Yeah. People get weird. (laughs) And they just walk away. Wow. Yeah. Because I think there's something that what I'm doing 
kind of rub people, it makes people start thinking and it kind of makes them a little sad sometimes like, well, I want to do gymnastics again. And then you're right. It's from that would be fun to signing up. And where is that middle point and what's stopping you from doing that? Well, as you said, the adult gymnastics, I didn't know that was, call it a thing either. I'm not surprised after I read that. And I guess for former gymnasts, I don't know, is it like riding a bike? Whereas I would be, you know, I watch the the kids nowadays doing aerials. And I mean, bigger than that, that was the biggest thing when we were kids. And just, you know, flipping. And to me, I think I would be scared because I'm older and my bones are a little more brittle. Um, And the same note, I didn't do it as, as a kid to that extent. So perhaps it's me, but I think that there might be a barrier there with the fear. Well, one, many of us probably have a fear of the failure, the fear of what if, but also this fear of, okay, my body's different than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So how do I do something so physical? Have you seen that maybe, or maybe not with you, but have you seen that with other people? So I'm obviously much larger than I was. I quit gymnastics at 14. So I'm like, 40 pounds heavier. I'm basically doing this sport with a completely different body. So going back, a lot of it came back, but it definitely, oh, the fear as an adult, I don't want to get hurt, but I was crippled by fear a lot as a child. So actually my shirt on the show says faith over fear. So a lot of my story is because I did choose to have faith instead of being controlled by fear, right? The doctor, the fear telling me I'm going to blow my discs and be paralyzed. Like all that kind of stuff is like, that's scary. But um, you just have to decide. For me, conquering the obstacle, doing the cool trick is way outweighs the fear of getting hurt. So you have to decide what's important to you, also going about it safely. But I do want to share with you, I have a lot of brand new gymnasts on my team. One gal in particular never did it as a child. They didn't have enough money. And she always wanted to be a gymnast. And so she competed with me this year. And yeah, it's very hard for her to learn these skills as an adult but she is doing awesome. And to see her light up in that leotard at that meet and to experience something she always wanted to do as a child, there's nothing like that. So yes, it's easier, but. (laughs) Um, I mean, and the tears are flowing now too. That to me is so beautiful because listen, there are things that sometimes people regret in life, the big things, the little things, and there's other people that live with no regrets. That's a beautiful beautiful articulation of here's someone that had something in her head that she wanted to do and look she finally is getting to do it and then the joy that you come to with that all these years of wanting something is you know that's gotta feel more than any better than any gift that one could be given yep well and that was the thing for me so like when I quit gymnastics at 14 I was injured and so it was a bad ending And I had a skill I wanted to do. It's called giants. And I dreamt of it every single night for 28 years. And I went back and I'm like, I'm teaching myself giants. So I do giants. It's where you're in like a straight body, go around in circles in my forties and (laughs) did a double back fly away into the pit. I I taught myself that in my forties. I never did that as a kid. So I know these are like extreme stuff, I guess, for some people, but I'm telling you, if I can do this, if I can overcome the diagnosis I was told, if I can lose the the weight, get all the inflammation out, I have an I have three autoimmune diseases, by the way, too. <laughs> I have a lot of excuses, is what I'm trying to tell you, yeah. and I've rised yeah. above all of them. So, wow! I mean, 
I don't know what the right words are. You're amazing. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I mean, this story really is, I keep using the word so beautiful. It's beautiful inside. It's, it is incredibly meaningful. You gave us some suggestions on routine, routine being huge and routine being key in going towards, in some ways, whatever dream that might be, especially a, a healthy lifestyle dream. Are there any other things you want to share with the listeners in terms of, you know, finding your joy in life, whatever that might be? Yep. So I love vision boards too. So this is my tips for you. Create a vision board, put all the things you want to do in the next year. It doesn't have to be a new year's by the way, if you want, you can do it today <laughs> um, and put that all on your board and then set down baby steps, right? So if we look at the big picture, that is overwhelming. If we look at, I need to lose 50 pounds. No, but if you lose one pound a week or you, and I also don't love to talk about weight loss. I like to talk about getting strong and healthy. Um, obviously I lost 50 pounds, but it was more that I gained my life back and I gained these abilities back. So it's definitely create the vision board, create baby steps of what you're going to do. Also remember it takes 20 times to form a routine. So like a lot of people, if you don't feel <laughs> you do it for a week and you're like, ah, it's not working. Give it 20 times, literally sign up for 20 Zumba classes. And at the end of 20 Zumba classes, if that's not a fit for you, then fine. Also give yourself grace. You're going to have days you just aren't feeling it and don't beat yourself up. There's going to be days you want to go have Dairy Queen with your boys and that's okay. So you, you have to give your grace, grace along the process, but also just you decide in your head, what is it that I want to do? What steps am I going to take? And if it means a lot to you, you're going to find a way. If it doesn't, you're going to find an excuse. So I always tell people you have to be ready. You've got to be ready where you're so sick of being sick. You're so sick of feeling crummy. You're so sick of settling for a life that could be so much bigger. And that's when you're ready to chase your dream and go do the unbelievable. And so, but you're all capable of it. And I think with a best friend with stage four cancer, I always think about this. If I'm diagnosed tomorrow with cancer, I don't want to be having regrets. So what am I? So I know some people say bucket list, right? I'm going to have a bucket list when they get diagnosed with something. Start your bucket list now. Why are we waiting? Because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so I also love bucket lists. So vision board, bucket list. <laughs> well, and, and that makes you, when people talk about having an intentional life, living intentionally, living to your authenticity, you know, those words could mean a lot of different things. But I think when you create a bucket list, well, then you know what it is that you want to work toward. That could be yes. what vacation do you want to go on? That could be what people do you want to see more often? That could be what hobby or challenge you want to start. And so I think that having the vision board, to your point, is, you know, is similar in that way, but you get the visual of yeah. what, of how you'd like to see your life or your future. And the bucket list, again, and, and for somebody who likes to do's, it is kind of fun when you get to check something off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I even did the silliest thing that I've wanted to do since I was little a few weeks ago. <laughs> I wanted to do the pond crossing at our ski resort. And so basically they close it down and you try to go across the pond on your skis. <laughs> and I've always wanted to do it. And after doing American Ninja Warrior, 
every goal I hit, I'm like, gosh, if I could do this, what a good, I could do something bigger, right? So you're going to find that too. You start to realize you're capable of so much more, so much more than you could ever imagine. So I signed up to do it. I showed up. It's so cold. The water was not clear. It was muddy. It's supposed to be clear. Uh, the jump was two feet higher than it was supposed to be. I remember my boys looked at me and they're like, oh, mom, I don't think you should do that. And I looked at both of them and I'm like, well, I'm going to do it hundred percent. Can you tell me what it, what is pond crossing? I'm imagining you like so- <laughs> cross country skiing on top of a pond as if they're ice skates. So you go through an obstacle course at the top and then you go down a steep hill on your skis and go down and you jump, go off a jump and try to cross the pond on your skis. And everybody falls, like only five people go across. But it was always this this thing that I was like, I want to do this. And so it was so cool. Once again, I'm at the top with all these 20-year-old 20, 20 boys. <laughs> and they're just like, you're going to do this? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so I think it's like, there, there are silly things too, right? And um, a picture popped up from seven years ago when I was overweight and I was at the pond with my boys. And I distinctly remember looking at both of them going, Someday your mom's going to do this. And they're like, what? <laughs> it's sort of go back and be like, look, guys, I did it. And um, and it, I think it's also seizing that opportunity, right? So like my boy said, mom, I'd wait till next year when it's not as cold or the water's clear or, you know, and I'm like, but any nothing's promised in a year, right? What if they get rid of the pond crossing? What if there's a storm? So that's the other thing I want to remind people, seize those opportunities. And I think we learned this with COVID, like, nothing's guaranteed. Um, and so that's the other thing. So I just would love for everybody to live like tomorrow isn't going to happen. And if you did that, what would your life look like? You know? And so it's really cool to go to bed at night feeling so fulfilled in my life. And I didn't feel that way for so many years. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, I said this to you before we got on and we were doing our sound check and I'll say that to to you listening right now. I when I read her story online, I I have to get this woman on to be my guest. I have to <laughs> because she just struck a chord in so many ways and I and I hope for you the listeners you feel the same way is we know that that tomorrow isn't guaranteed and hopefully we all are looking for a way to find joy even during those hard times in life. And so, and that's why we're here. And, and that's why I do this podcast because I really do believe there is hope in so many different situations. And I'm so grateful for you for being here today. And as many of the listeners know, we close out every episode playing the grateful game, which really is just a daily habit that my family and I've gotten into where we take a moment and we share what we're grateful for and why. And again, this goes back to, If you're looking for a way to be more present in your life, take a moment to reflect. And gratitude is part of that. Reflecting, looking around, and hopefully focusing on the good. And so I will toss it to you. Tell me something, Angela, that you are thinking about today that you are grateful for and why. First, I'm so grateful that you wanted to meet with me. This is huge. You guys have no idea for me to be able to share my story And if I can inspire one person to take their life back, one person to chase their dream, then my struggles were all worth it. So that's what I'm most grateful to be here, but also just grateful to wake up and be alive and healthy. You guys have no idea to wake up and walk 
to the bathroom <laughs> is a gift to not crawl, to not be, be sleeping on a heating pad every night for 14 years. Like just to be healthy and alive. Um, I'm so grateful. And to have, look, I'm going to keep going on. I have a million things. My students are incredible. I'm so grateful to be an instructor. I'm so grateful for my friends. So grateful for my husband and my boys. I just feel so blessed that I don't regret anything I've been through because it all led me to this moment to be able to help and inspire other people. You can see it on your face right now as I'm looking to you, at you through the computer that you are, I said it earlier, you're like glowing. You, I can tell that you speak from the heart and I am so excited that we got a chance to meet yes, and that we got a chance <laughs> to have this conversation and for everybody out there listening, please, I, I hope that you'll take this to heart. I hope that something that either one of us said that resonated in a way that, that makes it a meaningful conversation for you. And if this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to take just 30 seconds to do each or even one of these three things. First, please follow or subscribe to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. Following the podcast helps you because, hey, you're never going to miss an episode. And it helps me because it gets our messages out there. Now, to do this, all you need to do is go to the Happiness Through Hardship show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. Now, while you're there, if you're willing to give us a five-star rating and even say a few words of a review, I would be so incredibly grateful. I love this podcast. I love the guests that come on, and it really has been such a beautiful place, I hope, um, for others to get ideas, resources, stories of inspiration and motivation, and just a nice place for us to realize that, yes, there's hard things that happen in life, but that we're all able to find a little bit of joy or even inspiration during whatever journey we're going on in life. So thanks again for being here today with me, and bye for now.